BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Close your eyes for a second and picture your greatest moment of joy. Can you see this mental image? Does it evoke emotion and feeling? Whether it's joy, trauma, or singular significant events, we each carry with us hundreds, if not thousands of images in our mind which play a critical role in how we see things, our lives, and the world. Most people think that you can't actually change ingrained patterns like anxiety, fear, lack of confidence, stress, lack of fulfillment, low energy, patterns of self-defeat, underperforming, and so much more. Today, I'm hoping to provide you with a different tool from the toolbox by thinking outside the box. Brace yourself for today's thought-provoking and inquisitive look into the world of eidetics. Leading world eidetics expert, Wendy Yellen, is joining us from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where she left her private and incredibly successful psychotherapy practice to commit full-time to this transformative work. She has been named one of the international top three transformational experts, has been featured on numerous, like over 40 podcasts, and is also a best-selling author. I'm so intrigued by this and thrilled that during this podcast, Wendy will take everyone through this therapy together, including me, in an open and vulnerable position. Wendy, it is so nice to have you on the other line. I'm really excited for today's chat. Me too. And I, I really enjoyed your introduction. Thank you for putting your unique spin on that. Well, thank you. I mean, I think I had to put a bit of a spin on it because as much as I was reading about it and our very brief conversation that we've had, I really am intrigued because I kind of got a snippet of what we're going to be talking about, but to really have a better understanding. I mean, I, I think I'm hoping right off the bat, you'll really be able to explain to us what it is that we're talking about or what eidetics actually involves. Absolutely. So we will have a much deeper understanding during the experiential part. And of course, the mind wants to know what is this? So what an, an eidetic image is an image that's deep inside everyone. And we all have thousands of them running around in our minds. It's nothing to do with a visualization. So it's not see yourself on a beach with your toes in the sand and feeling the warmth on your skin. It's not like that because we're starting not from how we want to feel, but we're actually taking a look and a, a feel, if you will, of what's actually going on inside of us. So for example, an eidetic image contains a visual piece. Then it contains feelings that the visual piece evokes in us without our desire, even without our control, just it intrinsically by looking at the image. And then there are layers and layers and layers of meanings. Most therapies, most people go immediately to meaning. Oh, that means I should stop doing this and start doing that. And oh, but I can't. I've been trying that for the last 20 years. It isn't working too well. Or oh, I shouldn't feel that way about so and so. I better try to make myself feel a different way. Or that does that's not a good vibration. I don't want to vibrate like that. Let me try vibrating another way. However, 
the images are showing us visually and in emotions and sensations what's actually running the show underneath all our desires to try to control and make ourselves better. And while control and mental uh, dealing with situations is very attractive on a certain level, it's not the level that our obstacles exist on. Our obstacles exist on a much deeper level. Otherwise, telling someone to just stop that would work, but it doesn't. And that's why we, we often notice that we're more or less facing a similar problem, often for decades. And it feels very intransigent and trans hard to get to. <laughs> okay, it, it's true because a lot of us have this, have similar situations, have similar scenarios, and we're constantly trying to deal with them the same way. We think we're changing it a little bit to have a different outcome, but essentially what you're saying is that's never really going to happen. We're just re- repeating behavior, even if we Not think if- we're trying to change it. You know, exactly, because, you know, I, you know, Einstein has that famous quote about you can't solve the, the, the problem on the level on which it was created. And yet, even though so many people repeat that quote, and that isn't exactly the quote, but we still try to fix it that way because mo- that's all most people know how to do is try to think differently or try to feel differently. But what we're going to see today is way working with these images that the ancient Greeks actually knew a lot about. They discovered them, if you will. They knew the power of them. And they called them, they were so powerful in their minds that they called them gifts from the gods. They didn't use them as a therapeutic tool, but they understood that they're in us. And so all those centuries ago, people were understanding that this part of the consciousness exists. And I'm really interested, and I know cl- clients of every for, for all around the world are interested in change, like real change, not a Band-Aid, not something that's sort of okay, but the kind of change that shows on your face and in the way you move and spontaneously comes up in you in relationship or in your business, that's the only kind of change that matters to me. And for me, this delivered it for me personally, which is why I jumped in. Right. I mean, having had such a successful practice in psychotherapy, you know, you can be the therapist on one end and yet you have your own life and your own dealings and relationships and family uh, on the other side, right? We, we tend to forget that people who are helping us still have their own issues. So what yes. was the experience or what was your aha moment that this was a form of therapy or something you wanted to look deeper into? Mm-hmm. There were a couple. One was that I, I do have training in very traditional and non-traditional modalities. So I have my, my uh, master's in social work and then training in emotional relief, emotional relief, body work, release body work, many different modalities that helped with different aspects of the self. But I was realizing as a client, because of course I was experiencing these modalities for myself, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm moving a little bit. I'm definitely shifting some, but this isn't enough. I, and and I watched my clients. They were moving forward, and and they kept referring their friends to me. I had a waiting list only private practice. I did no marketing whatsoever. It was all referral. And yet, I looked at what was happening. I thought this 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 is not 
if this is all there is, I, I need to stop. So those were, and I did, I stopped my practice for years. But on a more personal level, I remember looking in the mirror. You know how you can look in a mirror and you can look at imperfections or you can put on your makeup or you can really look, right? It's a very different kind of looking. You're not looking at your cheek, you're actually looking. And when one day, for some reason, I was really looking and I thought, I don't look alive. There's a kind of a deadness to my eyes, to my skin that I wasn't particularly feeling, but I could see it. And that shook me to my core. There was something off that I wasn't really getting. And years later, I did realize that part of it was I was in my head all the time, constantly. And I didn't know any other place to live. And because I'm smart, my mind was taking me many good places. And I liked my brain a lot. There was literally no more to me than that at that point. And it was at that state of my life, it was starting, instead of taking me forward, it was starting to really pull me down because it was dominating me and it was uh, really like torturing me. But I didn't know that because I was getting so many good things from it, I thought. Hmm. I'm I'm listening and I'm trying to at the same time I'm trying to picture you know gosh how many times have I stood in the mirror and sometimes looked at the blemishes and everything but actually stopped to really to go a little bit deeper when you talked about these images though and you talked about the the th- hundreds the thousands of images that we carry with us it's funny because initially I I did go straight to my feet in the sand with the beach and, you know, the sun on my face. And I went to, you know, standing on top of a mountaintop. And I went to the first time my my child was born. Like those were exactly the images that I went to in my head. And then I also, when I was thinking about this, went to really sad ones. You know, when I learned my mm. my dad died. Like I, I remember the pain of that initial anguish of hearing my dad had died. Like so when I was reading the material, I did have these hundreds of image images in my head, but you're telling me those aren't the images that we're referring to. No, I, I'm not exactly saying that. Okay. Um, like when someone pictures, when I said joy or sorrow or trauma, I'm assuming that a lot of the listeners also were easily able to go to images, pictures in their heads of these life experiences. Yes, they're e- they're pretty e- darn easily accessible <laughs> for people. There's a certain... and. And there's a certain pattern that we use to access them so we're not just in the head. That's maybe a little bit of the difference. Okay. And so, and there is also, these images are not about memories. So, um, um, and that may be part of what you're alluding to here. So a memory, when we go back to a memory like, um, well, you remember what happened when your dad died. You remember how you felt. You remember hearing about it, learning about it. You remember those things. And and we all have memories like that or positive memories of first mm-hmm. child born or things like that. But memory is meant to basically bring back what happened. It's not a healing mechanism. So eidetic images have, rather than bringing back what happened, happened, they are able to help us access more of us, 
more than is just in the memory. I like to talk about it as they help us access the you without the crust of your history. So let's take something different than like your father dying, which we've so many of us have experienced something like that. Let's take mm, sitting at the d- dining room table and it's not so much fun as a, you know, as a kid, maybe that's the place that all the arguments happen or that's a place somebody's angry or something like that. So we, or there's stuff around food. So there's an image of how that was in time and in memory, and that's a memory, that's history. But often during that situation, we weren't able to, we weren't allowed, it wasn't okay, or we didn't feel okay to actually bring forward parts of us that were not allowed. So for example, maybe we, maybe someone didn't talk to their father because he was always angry. And so there, maybe they wanted to connect with father at dinner, but he was always so prickly that they held back, but the desire to connect is there. So in an eidetic image, what we're working with is the desires that got pushed down, pushed back. And why that's important is because when someone has had an experience of, for example, being pushed down or pushed back from any kind of trauma or any kind of difficulty, then it, if it's not dealt with, it tends to show up in adult life as the person feeling like they can't come forward. They can't, they're, who they're, maybe their bubbly self gets repressed or maybe their confident self gets repressed. And so it's still there, but it doesn't feel, they don't feel like they can bring it forward. Sometimes they don't even still feel it. And so that will come up in, in business, asking for business or telling someone your fee or in relationship, it may come up in being able to express yourself in a way that maybe you feel a little silly, but at the same time, it's coming from deep within and it would be so delightful for your partner to actually experience that part of you, but you're sitting there not even knowing it, but holding back. And those are the aspects of the self that so often people don't even know they have or, or they're afraid they've lost forever. Hmm. How would, if someone were to say, I, I'd like to be able to look into or explore something like this, are they coming in with like, I don't know, 20 thoughts, images, background to be able to come armed with something into a session or what, or is it that you would you're going digging or do they have to have a purpose as to what it is they're seeking to do to be able to realize what types of images you want to be able to access? I love that that question. Okay. Oh, totally, (laughs) totally. So for today, for the experience today, we're just going to pick one out of the hat, right? One that can help a lot of people. So that's why I pick it. But let's say when a client comes to me, when someone comes to me and they want to do some work, First of all, the people that I work with, actually, they look really good from the outside, really good. The, the people I like to work with and the people that come to me, it's the, there's something that doesn't feel right that's the, between the difference between the outside and the inside. And it may have to do with relationships or business or confidence or sensuality or it, the, whole, the whole gamut. 
often my client, I'm very interested in how to help a person feel their spiritual, what comes to them when in their spiritual practice to feel that in the rest of life, because all too often there's a big gap. So what do I do when someone comes to me? I I want to be as honed in to that person's desires and psyche as I possibly can be. So we do an actual process called a, I do this with all my clients, a consciousness mapping where I do a series of images. And the one we're going to do today is actually one of those 30 images. And so I, and I, I'm, I'm looking at the images that, so they, they are certain prompts and I, I'm not telling them what to see, but I'm giving them an opening and then they go into that to help me understand how they relate to other people, to themselves, to their own confidence, to themselves showing up in a bigger way and on and on. So once I have that and how they're responding to the images, I also have, on the other hand, what they want like more business or a better relationship or being able to open their heart more just for some ex- or show their art in the world. And so then I go in from what I know from my years of experience with eidetics and I, I look at the images that they had and I look at what they want and I can see in the images where the resources are and where the obstacles are stopping the resources from coming out, not because of some magic, but it's right there in the image. So I put together the best specific images for that person, which will be almost 100% different than the next person. And so it's very honed in to what that person needs. And because we grow, that's the whole point, right? So if I were to do the consciousness mapping two years later, a year later, completely different images would come up because the person's worked that through and now they're at a new level of opening up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So are we working with our conscious, our subconscious? Are we aware of what we're doing? Yes, you're very aware. So so we're aware. Like, can you on a scale, you know, and I I say this in, in all lovingly, like on a scale of like how people once saw, I don't know, like meditation, like meditation a long time ago was considered like woo woo, right? Like we're, where on the scale are we seeing where this type of a therapy fits in? Is it on, you know, sitting on a couch talking feelings or, or, you know, going into hypnotherapy, like where along the scale would we find this kind of work? No, you, you ask, Great questions. I am loving the questions you ask. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So thank you. So yeah. So I'll answer on two levels. First level is this work can be done with eyes open or closed. You're completely aware of what's happening and you're sometimes excruciatingly aware of how in the moment you're literally stopping yourself from having what you want most. That's one. I'm I'm going to come back to your Mm -hmm. question because it's so important. And I'll tell you a story. So I was doing uh, most of the time I oh with my clients, I work by phone and then we do a, a private intensive in person here in Santa Fe. But when I was and I did, a, but I did a lot of my own work and still do on the phone. But this particular time I was face to face with my eidetic practitioner and 
I remember, I don't remember the image we were doing, but I remember, I, of course, I wanted to feel better. Let's just put it broadly like that. I wanted to feel better. And I could feel inside me as I watched my image that I was refusing to drop what I was doing that was making, keeping me feeling bad in that exact second and allow myself to feel what was actually already in the image. I wouldn't let it happen. And that was so intense for me because that's exactly what I was doing in all the rest of my life. Does that make sense? It Without does. another, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it's like a it's blockage. Very, it's it, a uh, huge blockage. And the part that I'd never experienced before was viscerally in the moment, stopping it, stopping the very thing I wanted. So I'll give you an example. So when my, my, I've been married and together with my husband about 40 years. So he, years ago when we were first together, I remember I was in a bitch, very bitchy mood and he was, he, he was in a good mood. So he had more to give that moment. Right. And he, mm, offered basically with his arms, right, to hold me, which I, I love to be hugged. And, but I was so prickly at that very moment. And I wasn't mad at him. I was so prickly at that very moment that I, I couldn't let him. I wouldn't let him. And I knew, I mean, every cell in my body wanted that skin to skin, that comfort, that love from him. And I refused to let it happen. I was, no, no, because I'm, I just, no, I was in a no set, right? So in the images, I was experiencing some of how I was doing that in the moment. And it was a huge breakthrough for me. So to answer your because, question. Just because you would have yeah. wanted to be held, like, you know, deep down, you would have loved to have the hug, but you just yes, but I wouldn't drop. Not I to. wouldn't drop my no. I wouldn't drop the prickly. And that no has been part of what has really held me back in my life. That automatic, hard to get out of the mood and get what I want, no. Arms crossed, no. Right? Oh gosh, how many people? I mean, this is one of your experiences and I'm sure anyone listening has can relate. I mean, we've all we've all done that. Yes. It's part of the human condition. But I don't want to do that anymore, right? I don't want to have that no be how I lead. So that was part of what my work. So to go back to your other great part of that question, eidetics is grounded in neuroscience, psychology, traditional and non-traditional um, therapies and spiritual practices and more. So the man that developed this work, taking what the Greeks understood and creating a therapy from it, Dr. Akhtar Asin, he was my mentor and friend and teacher. And he was a PhD who was, uh, his work was, un, or psychologist, his work was understood and supported by some of the most prominent psychologists of the late 20th century, the late 20th, last century, right? So, so 1960s and to the 1990s or so, but it was very controversial also because it's so different. So it, it is not 
of those, I under, a lot of people think, oh, it's woo-woo. But for me, this is science. I mean, I have a... I have a scientist as one of my clients, and she's she's many times referred to how she's seeing the neural pathways being recreated, and she she understands how the brain is being changed. Her brain is being changed, and all of ours when we're meeting together uh, for the, our retreats, she's we're, we're seeing it. So it's very practical, very scientifically oriented, and yet feels woo woo because you know who's ever heard of it. Well, that was it. I'm like, you know, and I and I remember seeing this information coming in and going, okay, I'm I'm intrigued. It's it's different, and I think at this point in time, why not? People are so stuck in their ways, and they're so stubborn, and they're, you know, so. But then there are people who are looking. They're 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 desperate to feel change and to feel better. And so why not explore different modalities or different ways of doing this? And maybe you're going to find the one that's right for you. So I think that's what's fascinating about these podcasts even is just learning so much about what's actually out there. Okay, so I'm hoping people have a good understanding. And I think we'll have a better understanding if you actually we're going to do this, we're going to take we're going to take everyone through this process. So I know that you're going to be doing stuff with me, but at the same time, we want those that are listening to go through the experience as well. Absolutely. Is that, okay, so they're going, so how, how is this going to work? You're going to say something and we're all going to be picturing or looking yeah. at something? Yeah, let me okay. set it up. You set exactly. it up. Exactly. Okay. Let me set it up so that, excuse me, all of that can happen. Um, so in terms of that aspect, so uh, yes, and by the way, Leanne and I can see each other, which mm-hmm. makes it particularly nice, even though this is only an audio podcast. So I'm going to give some instructions to you, Leanne. And at the same time, everyone listening, you can you can take the instruction and do it yourself also right now while we're doing it. I wouldn't suggest doing this while you're driving. First of all, you it could be a little dangerous. You definitely don't want to close your eyes. And um, but but also you'll get much more if you can really focus yourself on, and really be inside of it. And at the end, I'll also refer because Leanne, your experience is going to be completely different from anybody else's because it's all you. Everybody's reaction and image is unique and all the images are unique from each other. So at the end, I'll also talk a little bit about what might have happened and what maybe some concerns they might have about that. So I will be working with you deeply, but then also talking to people about what might have happened and and show them a way to have a little bit more. Okay. Does that that work for you? I hope so. Yeah. So for those that are listening, find the time. So this would take about 15 15 minutes okay so so for them to at least know like a lot this time Mm -hmm. if you are driving because i know a lot of people Mm -hmm. listen to podcasts while they're driving or they're walking their dogs to take the time to be able to sit in a is it a quiet space just a place where you can be reflective you could do it walking your dog as long as you're not crossing busy streets Okay. okay that's good to know also and i love the audience that listens to this podcast and i think they come to this podcast you know for really good genuine authentic stories and people I have to be vulnerable a little bit in this as well right so for my listeners I hope you appreciate uh, that this is this is something interesting and and also very it's a vulnerable situation for me to be in as well to be able to do this live as we're as we're kind of going through this so go easy on me and and I well to put that in context Mm -hmm. because this is the best way 
to do a podcast with me is what you're doing. And so to put that uh, that in context, not every podcast host is even close to willing to do it. And it does take a lot, a lot to be visible and vulnerable and still lead a podcast. Yes. And so well, we at do, the same time. <laughs> you no know, kidding. So we're going to try to do this. As a lot of people know that when I do the podcasts that, we're with, that are with guests that are outside of the Ottawa area, I've, I'm always with Blast the Radio and my friend John Milkey, who we worked in radio together. Well, he worked in radio while I was working in television. And so he's sitting next to me. So I want people to know that. So And we have hooked him up with a microphone. So if there's something or there's a question that he can kind of jump in. But I know he's going to be doing this as well with us. So he's experiencing this at the same time. Okay. Are yes. we on countdown? Yes, we're on countdown. Okay, so a little foundation. Okay. Number one, an eidetic image is, as I mentioned before, not history. So we're, and I'm underlining and bolding and italicizing this. It's not history. So we're not looking for you to remember something or to picture something that happened. I'll talk more about that later. It's not about history. It's about a different part of your mind. Number two, we are going to be doing an image. This one involves parents, but it's actually about, sure, it does involve in some way your parents, you're seeing them, but way more important than that. It's actually about the way your parents are inside you right now the way they, parts of them may be running the show because of what we all saw growing up. So how our parents responded to things, including how they responded to us, those things go in all the way. And we tend to be particularly blind to those things. And they tend to be what holds us back the the hardest and the worst in life. So we're, each one of us, is going to be looking at our really ourselves, but it it's I'm talking about it through parents. Again, I'll talk more to you about that, but about that later. But I really want you to hear that. That's another like underline about it not being just about history, because it's not. Um, and third, about the images, we're not going to lead them like we talked about before. These images are so insanely wise. It sometimes leaves me speechless. And so we definitely don't want to control them. It's like having a champion racehorse. You don't you want to let the the champion eidetic image go where it needs to go. And I'll I'll walk you through all of that. So those are kind of the ways to make this more powerful. I want to bring this into what some of your listeners are probably also experiencing. So even if they're not podcast hosts and creating a lot of but content, but they're entrepreneurs, they're they're exactly. they're doing things. Exactly, and and what's so common and so hard is having something that you love in the in the content in the production, like an artist, for example, but then selling it. It's like those are such different aspects of the self, and yet they have to go together to be a successful entrepreneur, business person, or creative. So this is just very juicy and really important, right? And what what a person who's starting out or any business owner will have to face, have to face, in my opinion. So great. So that's now so everyone else, as you're listening, I hope you've picked your own area. I'm going to work with you, Leanne. I'll just, I was going to work with one specific image, but thinking about what you just said, 
I think I think I'll stay. Yeah, there's because there's always more than one. But um, all right. So again, you can do this with your eyes open or closed. And I'm going to give you some instructions. Just listen and allow an image to form. If your head starts to say, I should see this, but they didn't see that, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to any of that. Just look, 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 and then feel. Okay. Everybody and Leanne. So see your parents in the house that you think of as a home, the house you grew up in. I'm going to repeat it. See your parents in the house that you think of as a home, the house you grew up in. Now, if someone died or there was a divorce, don't think about that. Just hear the words and see what shows up. So the first thing you want to do is once you see them, and whether it's vague or vivid, don't worry about that part. Just see whatever you actually see. Where are they? And what are they doing? I'm going to give Leanne a, a couple moments because we've been talking a lot and just so she can settle down. So I'm just going to say it one more time. You want to look and see. You may need to pause a podcast. Where, where are they in this exact moment, in this eidetic image? Where are they? What are they doing? Where are you? What are you doing? How old are you? And how do you feel? So as you look at each parent, see them, notice what they're doing and how you're feeling as you see them. And how old are you? And Leanne, you just tell me when you're ready, but if you need a little more time, I can talk people through. All right. So at this particular moment, what I need you to do to the audience is to close your eyes. Think of Wayne's World and Mike Myers. And now I want you to go, doodle-doo, 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 doodle Because what ended up happening as Wendy and I started to go into the process, started to realize just how personal, how deep you can actually go with this, and then realized between trying to host a podcast ask the right questions, and be in the moment, I was failing miserably. So trust me, we tried. <laughs> and then about a little bit into it, I kind of said, Wendy, I, I can't give of myself. I don't feel like I'm doing you the, the service of understanding how this actually goes. And so what we ended up doing is we stopped the recording, and we ended up doing a session off camera, no recording, in the privacy of my own home, to be able to understand what the process was like so that we can come back and then do one of those aspects to a podcast, which I have never done before, and then be able to talk about it. And so, Wendy, great to have you joining us once again. Uh, This is probably for both of us, never one of those, okay, we're going to try a take two on a podcast. But thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, let me ask you, has it been easier to do that with other podcasters or was it a quicker or was the question different or you just didn't go as deep? I feel like I was a failure right off the top, but I know okay, I wasn't, so you know, I, I, I know that I needed to go a different way, but I, I, I felt bad. 
So it's an artificial setup to have a podcast where the host is supposed to have a meaningful experience and still carry out the podcast in a way that makes sense and be there for their listeners. It's totally artificial, right? So you, yes, some people are able to do it. I've had people, I've had podcast hosts where I actually basically took over the podcast because they were so into what was happening. They didn't want to come back. And then I've had people who absolutely couldn't do it. They just couldn't come out of their head. So this work is the only reason I do it on a podcast is so listeners can get a bit of an experience for themselves along with the host, in addition to hearing me talk about it, because you don't really get it until you experience it. And I realize, like I'm saying, that it's artificial. This work is extremely deep. It's not a party game. And it's real. It goes straight to the jugular. So I think what we chose to do and how you made it clear to me that you actually wanted to do this deeper rather than just do it uh, the way you could do it and still be the host was perfect. Well, we tried. We, we did for a while. Yeah. And then you could kind of tell that I was, whoa, maybe I picked the wrong image. I think what, what had happened is, you know, you go to this image and then it's like, whoa, whoa rewind. I want to go to a, def- a different image. And then you're like, that's not how it works. And so it was interesting because I had to then face the reality of if I was going to work with certain images, then I had to chew the ones that actually came to my mind immediately. The first I reaction. I want to comment. Absolutely. That is so important because what we all want to do, everybody wants to feel better about whatever it is that's bothering them. And everybody wants to do it as quickly as possible. And what most people try to do and this is really critically important for what I, how I understand the word, the world. We try to make ourselves fit into some mold that we think would be the right mold for us where we would be happy, whether it's um, make ourselves do something for our business or make ourselves stop doing something or get in a relationship or get out of a relationship or meditate 20 times a, a week when we're not. And all of this like control of the mind leaves part of us wanting to run away screaming because it's over-controlled. What you experienced was when I asked you to to do a certain image, it came in strong. And that's probably what happened with your listeners as an, the image that your consciousness wants to show you about the situation that you're facing. It's right there for you. But if the conscious mind tries to manipulate it or control it, then all you have is garbage. It's just what you already know and what you already think you should do, which if that would solve the problem, it would have already. So we need to get beneath that. We're not going to history. We're not going to memory. We're going to eidetic consciousness, which is a consciousness below the rational conscious mind that has answers for you and has relief for all of us. It's just that we don't know how to get there when we start to say, okay, this is where I need to go. This is where I should go. It's usually wrong. Hmm. It's usually more about control. And most people are trying to do that unsuccessfully, but still try to do it because really we don't know what else to do. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping for people who did close their eyes and have an image, what would happen? Because we ended up going again, but you, we had a little bit more dialogue prior to our discussion. Mm-hmm. So you knew a little mm-hmm. bit more. There were more questions that you were asking. And we ended up in a, in a different place. But 
it you I almost we created an environment or an image which I had to differentiate between what I was feeling and the emotions attached to it and just being in a certain place we ended up finding a, a place and I ended up back at university and back in my college room and it was interesting because at that time, and I think for a lot of people's lives, you know, you're, you're free, you're away from home, you don't have worries yet, you know, and I was able to be able to find a very safe, kind of fun, very, and I think I used the word light. Yes, and I, I many used times. the words, I felt light many times, you know, but here I am, fourth year university, you know, life is great, I don't have these responsibilities yet. And so a lot of it came back to what that, that was like for me. And being able to almost bring that into different aspects of the current life and decisions that are being made and how to be able to almost put yourself back in that position of that, that thought process is a little, yeah, is, is what I found I, I got out of our, our session that was off camera. Yes. Yeah. So a couple of things about that. So you were actually, uh, I know the answer to this, but so that people can hear it, you were actually experiencing to quite a large degree what you had experienced in that year of college, the lightness, correct? It wasn't Absolutely. just a memory, you were experiencing it. So let's let's pull that apart a little bit so that it becomes, so it can speak to everybody. So in when we have, when we're locked in fear, in stress, in overwhelm, in anxiety, it's very difficult to actually experience anything else, especially if, let's say, money fear or health fear, any kind of intense life fear, relationship fear. It, it grabs hold of our mind and it kind of takes over and we find that our mind keeps going back to it and we try to figure it out and we try to make something happen and, you know, then we feel worse and it's, it, it can even affect your blood pressure and your heart rate and certainly the way you lose the ability to creatively solve problems. All of that happens and we feel like that's all there is within the problem. It feels very hard to get out of that box. However, what you and I did was one of, as I told you, thousands of eidetic images that allowed you to access a bipolar opposite that had actually happened in your life where you were free, relaxed, comfortable, happy, and light. You use the word light probably three times. And now that doesn't mean that now everybody should go back to their co fourth year yeah. college. And it was very specifically where your consciousness took you. I didn't tell you to see that. Your mind showed you that image. And then we went into it so you could actually experience it. Now, what most people will do in their head, which is where the problem is, well, they'll say, well, that was then, but this is now. But the thing that you and I did, you were actually chemically having that experience again yesterday when we did that work. So it's, and you were feeling it again. So you had access to yourself, that self again. And that's the self that 
is not experiencing fear, is not all boxed in, is not hemmed in by what she should or shouldn't be doing. And that, from that place, in that place, you have access to more of you. And and that self can be creative, can have more fun. Can pr- I, had, I had a client send me his preparations. I work with a couple guys, mostly women. He sent me his preparation form today and he did an image that we had been working on in our last private session uh, and he was having some troubles about how to resolve a bunch of situations in his office. He's He owns his own business. And as he did the image, so and he started to relax about some things that were happening at work he actually had to take out a piece of paper and start writing the ideas because he had i think he wrote me nine ideas that came to him while he was in his image and he said wendy i think those ideas were there all along but i was so upset i couldn't find them and they just came to him that's what the kind of thing you experience when your mind is for you, it was light. A lot of people experience it as their their shoulders relax, their jaw unclenches, their eyes start to soften. They don't feel so swept up in the fear of the moment. And instead, more of them comes through. Well, I I definitely felt that. I mean, and you were, because I don't usually swear on this podcast, although my guests have, and, and for anyone that's always listening, but it almost came at the end it was almost like a fuck it like with certain things that were frustrating me and something I was just like hey fuck it you know like it was it was very liberating and I was going to certain things and I'm like at this point like like fuck it you know it was really (laughs) John's laughing at me as we're sitting here but it was why not be able to go back to feel and sense that and how I was to realize that still it's still part of me it's still there. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I, but, you know, for me, that was a, a positive kind of light. Uh, there's my word again, feeling. But I, yeah. for others who have gone in, can they be in a very difficult, brutal place that they have to be able to maneuver themselves from and feel and be able to Absolutely. go back and understand? It's... Yeah, I mean the brutal places; those are those are what grab us, and they won't let go. And it, it happens to everybody. I think I told you earlier, but maybe not. The people, my clients, they look really good on the inside, but I mean, excuse me, they look really good from the outside, but inside they're awake enough and aware enough to know that it's not matching that whatever's going on inside doesn't feel good. And some of it feels brutal. So, for example, a 60-odd years old woman who has never, ever lived the creative life that she's so good at for money and it's always doing it as a volunteer, never feeling good enough, despite the fact that she's won dozens of awards, dozens and she couldn't get herself to put herself into the business part of that only as a volunteer she wasn't good enough we're talking decades she trained herself in this she trained herself in that she took this workshop she took that 
a certification never does anything with them and then feels like a total loser because and her and her husband's wondering why am i paying for all this stuff when you never do anything with it because she, she she's a creative at heart but she didn't she couldn't move through all the stuff that was happening to her about being worth it and so as she did that she's literally turning down paid work now because people are going after her to work for them like crazy was that brutal inside of her you bet you better believe it for her entire life that's a long time to wait to put yourself into the place that you love where is it though on your end because i remember we would be talking and then you would stop and you were trying to find okay you were asking yourself where do i want to go with this what image do I want to do? What test? And, and I remember just because I remember that you were saying it, you were like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to do something called like the age production test. And then we're going to do it yes. this way. But I could tell as we were doing things, you were constantly thinking. It was almost like you yes. were trying to connect dots <laughs> yes. as to where you were going to go next. But it wasn't like you knew it automatically. You were almost thinking it through it. Almost like if we go this way, it's going to end up here. If we go, if I take, it's like a choose your own Choose your own adventure book is how I kind of felt well, it to be. You're, you're right in a lot of aspects. So this is not uh, cookie cutter work. So I am, I'm not thinking so much as I was actually going through the images that I was considering doing as if I were you because I knew enough about your mind already from the, the little bit of work that we'd done that I could do that. And I was, so I was kind of quickly in my mind seeing what you might see. I don't know, but I was seeing it. It was allowing myself to be there. It's called co-consciousness. And as I did that, and I also knew how little time we had and that we weren't going to do ongoing work. So I, I wanted well, we didn't, you to we be didn't able say that. Get... <laughs> we might be calling you back, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, there was no guarantee yeah. that no, we yes, would do yeah. it. I'm teasing. Right? Yes. So I, I wanted to be able, you to be able to get some release from the way you were feeling and have options come to you. And since the – so within that, there were – probably a half dozen images I could easily have done with you that would have helped. But I actually chose one of the hardest ones we could have done. It's so involved. Um, But it it has the ability to bring forward the person, the bipolar opposite of the way the person's feeling right now. It just automatically brings it up so that you have, again, the resources, access to the real self, the self without the impingement. However, mm, like usually when I work with my private clients or my mastermind clients, I don't do that. We have already done a, a whole consciousness mapping where I know their consciousness deeply and I have a handful or two of core images that we start with to address what they want, what that person wants. But it's each person's core image set is different. Yours would be very different. Absolutely. How would someone then start the process with you? Because as you mentioned, right, there's the almost like an onboarding and and a learning and being able to decide on, on images. So how does the process work? Because and honestly, Wendy, it's not like people can just, you know, look in the yellow pages here in Ottawa and there's, you know, eidetic specialists and people who practice this. This is a very <laughs> specialized form of therapy. Like, how does the process work? 
So you're talking once a person has decided yes. to work with me and we, we're working together? Okay. Right. I mean, so I, what, I love that I'm finding really fascinating people around the world and realizing not all this work is done around the corner. Yeah. So obviously I work internationally because I work by phone. Um, so what happens, what I've come to, the process I come to with new clients has came from what worked so well for me as a, an eidetic client. I'm still doing my ongoing eidetic work every day. And also I still work with someone because I, I value continuous expansion. So here's what I do with every private or mastermind client. First, we do the consciousness mapping that I said to you. So I, I have in my hand some material that the client has prepared about what they most want right now for themselves. And some there's some history and some background too. And then we spend a, a, some time together where I go through 30 or less specific eidetic images that will show me, not the intellectually, but show me and them what's going on inside of them that's stopping them from having what they want in that area. And then I go off by myself after we finish that and I put together what they want and what their images are showing me about how they're stopping themselves, how their history's getting in the way and what keys will unlock it, what key images will unlock those places. It's very clear. It's very clear from the mapping process. And then then we start our work. So then we start to work with those images. And what happens is that, so for example, a person may, I was just talking to a woman who, when she started, when she first met me, she, she, was, she actually brought her adult daughter to an, a live presentation I was doing in Boston. And she only was there for her daughter. And her daughter didn't sign up to work with me. She did instead. And what happened as she left that live presentation is she went from all tense and kind of closed down to visibly sparkling. And her daughter, her adult daughter saw it. And my sense was that her adult daughter had rarely seen her own mother look like that. So just the work that we did already was starting to give her consciousness some relaxation so, so, and some more of herself could come through because you can't come through when you're tight. So when we, as we started to work together, we did the mapping and you know, she went places that she didn't even know she could. Because it starts to, it's the old onion thing. Is most people think that they're there to like, pe people do therapy to like forgive their parents or something like that. But this work goes so far beyond that. It's, it's not the parents so much. It's, it's the way we're being forced to act certain ways because of what we've experienced. We're not allowed to shine. We're not allowed to be the star. We're not, we don't think that um, the world is ever going to help us. We're always going to be the last one, everybody but me, whatever it is. And those are the, they're not just thoughts, they're convictions. They're, and they're, and they've been bare, they've been dug into us from our history. And maybe, you know, maybe we have incidents that happen with mother or father, but 
the thing is, it's all in us now. So the mapping takes you back to before that happened and how that's been buried away. And that's where we go. We go for the person. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so people, it's it's not going to be a one call, one Skype uh, chat with you. It's There's a process to it and it can be, and I think as you were saying, right, it's it's the longevity. It's the, you're in for the long haul. Like this isn't, you're still doing it. You still, practice, right? So, so people, when, is there a timeline? But, but let me just say, yeah. let, mm-hmm. let me just say that I have people who sign up with my smallest program for a one shot deal, get what they want and stop. And that's fine. I'm here. I'm at this point in my career. I've been working with people for more than 40 years. I want to go for it. And I want to particularly work with people who are burning to go for it. Because then we can just fly. Oh, how good would people feel, right? Just just go with it. Just fly. And I think this will have hit a nerve with people. They, they want to fly. And I think when you've done such an amazing job explaining that the work you do, I've really valued the time that we had together. And I never said I wasn't calling you back. <laughs> so I love that, that I love that we were able to share the time that, that we did. And I want people to be able to have access and to know. So I, I mean, I've been to the website and I've seen the manifesto. There's lots of things that people can take. But wendyyellen.com is the best place. Is that the best place for people to go? Well, that's that's my website, okay. but if you really want to get one place and have everything, I would go to myspiritualmanifesto.com and there's a document there that helps you understand how to what's what's stopping you. There are stories there about people in business and how what was happening in their minds was literally what was stopping them from having what they wanted, taking them in the 180 degrees wrong direction, but they couldn't stop themselves. There's a way to talk to me personally, to get in touch with me personally. There's a way to have an experience, a deeper experience of the um, one very important image, uh, virtually have that experience. So lots of every, it's all in one place. That's the best place to go. Okay, I hope people take advantage. I hope they go learn more, read more, and and expand. I think their thought process into something like this. Wendy, it's been an absolute pleasure. It was a pleasure to meet you. I love this experience, and I hope people have learned something from this and and are able to take something with them. Wendy, thanks again so much. Thank you, Leanne. That's a wrap on this Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, subscribing, liking, commenting, and helping to have this podcast really make its mark. And it's great to be able to catch the attention of uh, so many health experts on the southern side of our Canadian border. Really appreciate the support and being able to bring on so many interesting and fascinating guests and topics. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.